It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thursday here on the Locked On Network, which means it is time for another crossover episode. Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens, Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, getting you prepped for one of the biggest games of Week 17 of the 2023 NFL season with the one seed in the AFC on the line. You are Locked On Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Miami Dolphins and Baltimore Ravens face off at M&T Bank Stadium in week 17. I'm Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens. With me is Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. We are here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, making both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Dolphins your first listen each and every single day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms and video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow along there. Today's episode of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Dolphins is crossover is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Kyle, I've been looking forward to this game for a while now. And I think with everything going on with the one seed, the path is simple for the Ravens. If they win this game, they secure that number one seed. Miami's the last stuff to play for. Also, both teams are not going to lie down on this one. I, I expect it to be a good one. Yeah, I, ex- I expect a really intense game. You know, these teams have some familiarity. Uh, they played, what, the last two? This is the third consecutive year that these teams have played each other. And um, it's been very competitive both times. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the Thursday night game for Baltimore was uh, a game that they learned a lot of lessons from. And I was really impressed how they played the same scheme the second time around when they played in 2022. Offensively, they scored 38 points. I'm really interested now. They got a chance to the Mike McD- taste of the Mike McDaniel offense last time they played. How do they adjust? Because Mike McDonald was there. There's so much of the personnel that overlaps. There's enough storylines where it's different. It's obviously later in the year, um, almost two full seasons separate from that last game, even though they've played three straight seasons and a lot to play for. Like you said, it, it's late December football, January football. It's an exciting time. And, and both these teams have one seed aspirations and, Obviously, Baltimore coming off the huge win against San Francisco. They got to be riding high. Yeah, 100%. And I think, Kyle, when people look at Mike McDonald's tenure as a defensive coordinator, everybody points to that Miami game in week two last year as his worst and a learning experience for him. It's The Ravens had a bunch of blown fourth-quarter leads last year, but that Miami game sticks out above them all based off of just how crazy it was. People also point to it as Kyle Hamilton's worst game. He, he had a lot of learning moments as well, and now both of those guys, McDonald and Hamilton, 
are catalysts. McDonald will probably get some head coaching looks in 2024. We'll see how that pans out. And Hamilton has turned into one of the best safeties in the league here. But if you look at key storylines, I think for the Ravens, obviously the one seed is the big one. They win, they get the one seed, they get the bye and the extra week of rest heading into the playoffs. But to me, I, I do think I'm excited for a bunch of chess mass- matches because it's two different teams now compared to what we saw in 2022, especially because with the Ravens offense, Greg Roman versus Todd Munkin and kind of the differences in that Lamar is playing at an MVP. Obviously, the Dolphins have an MVP candidate on their side and Tyreek Hill, I'm sure we'll get into that as well because the Ravens coming off of a game where they just stifled two MVP candidates and Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey, it seems like Maybe if Tyreek Hill has a big game and the Ravens lose, could he jump ahead of Lamar? If Lamar has a big game and the Ravens win, I don't know. I feel like the storyline is that he's the MVP and it's not close. Yeah, I think the from an MVP subplot for this football game, you have to feel like the leading candidates on the team that wins this game is, is going to be on the inside track. Now, uh, Miami, you boil this game down very simplistically. This is the hat and T-shirt game for them, as it's been referred to as you get the division title with one more win. You got to close it out. This would move them into a tiebreaker head-to-head with the same record as Baltimore going into the game against Buffalo. And I think that opens some interesting things for Miami where uh, Buffalo, if they win against New England, they clinch their playoff berth. But if Miami clinches the division, Buffalo is effectively locked into the sixth seed no matter what going into Week 18 if both of the, the AFC East teams win. Then Miami, then do we put pedal to the metal and try to go get, go out and get the one seed. And if Miami finishes with the one seed, you do have to feel like whether it's Tyree kill or to a tongue of a low. I mean, he's got 40, almost 4,300 passing yards. If they want to make it a quarterback award, I, I think, you know, it's really interesting, especially with these defenses that they're going to play down the stretch. He played well against Dallas. If they win out, you, you think two is going to have a big part of that too. Uh, I think he, that could be another name that interjects, whereas, you know, San Francisco was so hotly contested on which one of their MVP candidates is more, more deserving. Uh, I certainly wouldn't gloss over two is just because of the, the yardage that he has. And obviously Tyreek in pursuit, I don't think he's going to get it of 2000 yards. Uh, that game missed against the Jets really hurt in that regard, but uh, it was nice to see him out there looking like himself. So uh, just talking about MVP candidates, playoff seating, uh, this cuts both ways. And I think that's what makes this such a, a exciting game on the schedule. And it was everything that I hoped that it would be when I saw where the schedule laid and fell out and said, okay, that, that could be a really fun matchup. And both of these teams have their quarterbacks late in the year too, which has not been the case the last couple of years. So uh, I think there's all that much more excitement for this game because these teams kind of feel like, Hey, we have this critical component of who we are. And we're rolling with it going into the offseason or into the postseason. Yeah, and it's, it's not only it's been rare with especially Lamar missing these past two seasons at the end of the year, but across the league, Kyle, we see quarterback after quarterback yeah. after quarterback go down in Miami and Baltimore have been forced, you know, knock on wood, they're able to stay healthy for the for all of the rest of the season in the playoff run, regardless of how far each team goes. But I also think that with this game and the MVP in general. I do think it is, you know, some recency bias where this game matters. It's a yeah. late game, late, well, late in the calendar year game, where whoever wins this, there is going to be some pull. So, oh, the head-to-head battle between Lamar and Tua, Tua got that one, or Lamar got that one. And Lamar has a ton of momentum in the MVP conversation right now because it was, well, two straight weeks he's played on national primetime TV. They beat the Jaguars. They beat the 49ers, both statement games. But now you have a Miami team 
that again, battle for the one seed if Tua can go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens helps his MVP case out astronomically. I think if Lamar wins, it kind of wraps it up for him. So two different MVP conversations, but did you think this game was going to be flexed? There was so much conversation about it. It <laughs> stays at 1 PM. I know some people were rooting for it. Other people, not so much because of new year's plans. Where, where were you? Uh, as somebody who's planning and getting down there, I selfishly am glad that it's staying at one o'clock as compared to the, the flex. Um, I also think for Miami, there is kind of that subplot of a later game, cold weather, road game. Uh, you'll you'll take every opportunity you can to kind of have it be a more digestible road opportunity. And look, Miami went up last year and they played in Buffalo on Saturday night and put 29 points on the board and missed an opportunity to close out the Bills. They were up a touchdown and had the ball about midway through the fourth quarter and couldn't get it done. So they showed last year with this nucleus of a team that going to a cold weather environment isn't necessarily the kiss of death for the South Florida team. But nonetheless, I'll take mid 40s as compared to maybe upper 20s or low 30s as as weather for the game, any way that you can slice it. So selfishly, from my perspective, not mad that it's at one, but it's certainly a game that that's worth the national spotlight and, and all the eyeballs it, it would potentially draw. Yeah, 100 percent. And I, I talked with Bruce Cunningham yesterday for my show, Kyle, who was a longtime K announcer for the Ravens in their stadium for 20 years. And we talked about the Dolphins a little bit. And he said, look, the cold weather thing. Sure, it's, it's real with Miami. But who was in their division? They go up and play Buffalo mm-hmm. in December all the time. They play New England. They play New York. It's not like they play in 70 degrees from September to December and then late December, all of a sudden they play in the cold. There it is a point. There is a point with the cold weather in Miami and playing in December, but they've done it. They've gone and they've won big games in the cold. So I'm not going to count Miami out just because of the weather factor. But I also think with the injury situation, that's another storyline for both teams. Miami's just been, it's been brutal all season for Miami. Baltimore relatively, at least compared to where they've been over the past three or four seasons has been really good. Now the injury report came out for the Ravens yesterday for Wednesday, Three players didn't practice. Zay Flowers, Kyle Hamilton, and Kevin Zeitler now was a walkthrough, so it was a practice estimation for the Ravens. But you also have some guys limited, such as Jalen Armour Davis with a concussion, McCary, Patrick McCary with – he has a concussion as well, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, et cetera. But Kyle Hamilton's the big storyline in terms of the injury. He's been playing with a sprained MCL past week or so. Seemed like he re-aggravated it late in that San Francisco game when the game was pretty decided. But overall, the Ravens have been mostly healthy at this point. It's just like everybody's not healthy at this time of year. Everybody's banged up and has bruises and dings. But for Miami, are they in danger and missing some key playmakers or are guys working their way back? Yeah, it feels like every time they get a guy back, they then turn around and have somebody else who, who ends up missing time. Now, they had seven non-participants. Several of these guys are well-established vet rest uh, guys, even if they are dealing with an injury of some capacity. Tyree Kill did not practice. That is ankle slash vet rest is acknowledged on the uh, the injury report. Uh, Raheem Mostert uh, with a shin slash knee slash ankle. He had an ankle coming into the game this past week. That's been acknowledged as a vet rest guy. Uh, Robbie Chosen's in concussion protocol after suffering that. Uh, Teron Armstead, three injuries on the injury report, effectively a vet rest day for him. They, they get him limited work up until Friday. Uh, Devon H. Chan's been dealing with some kind of a toe injury, but he's played with it the last couple weeks, but he's also been a non-participant on Wednesday practices. Uh, Robert Hunt is one of the big ones that I have soft-circled. Uh, he has a hamstring issue. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue effectively for two months. He came back from one game and re-aggravated it. 
Mike McDaniel did say that he's trending and leaning towards being day-to-day, which means in Mike McDaniel code and speak, he's getting close. Uh, the other one being Jalen Waddle. He has an ankle. It was described as a high ankle sprain, but a, a non-severe one. Uh, Mike McDaniel said, you know, Ty- or, or Jalen's one of the toughest guys that is on this football team. I would not rule him out. They did not rule him out necessarily for this week, but they said we're kind of in wait-and-see mode to see how that develops. So I would say Waddle and Robert Hunt are the two that are most likely to miss. Uh, I think they trend towards getting offensive tackle Austin Jackson back, and I also think they get Javon Holland back this week. Yeah, so Wednesday injury reports. We'll monitor those, obviously, as the week continues to go on and guys either return or don't. Coming up, though, we have the biggest matchups to talk about here on Locked on Ravens and Locked on Dolphins. Crossover edition. Don't go anywhere. Still a lot to talk about. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun so many have had, running up to 25 times their money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less in the projected stats, and place your entry. And basketball season now is in full swing as we gear up for the new year. You can now pick combo projections across both football and basketball from the Specials League. That's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, if you're a big LeBron James fan, you can make LeBron James. James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of prize picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app. So you guys some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. Plus prize picks now offers a reboot policy. So your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance pause. So go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code Lockdown NFL for a first boss match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash NFL. Use code Lockdown NFL for a first boss match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back here, locked on Ravens, locked on Dolphins. Kevin Ostreicher and Kyle Krabs talking with you on this week 17 matchup. Ravens and Dolphins battle for the one seed, battle for more in this game. And I think probably has the potential to be the game of the week with how these two teams play and how they match up. So I want to throw it to you first, Kyle. With these two teams, I think offense versus defense both ways. It's going to be really important to establish something early. But where are you looking in terms of maybe player matchups you're most enticed to see? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see Lamar Jackson versus this Dolphins defense and and specifically the Vic Fangio defense that the Dolphins have installed this season. And I'm really fascinated with the Todd Monken. That's a new element of Baltimore's offense. Vic Fangio, new element of the Dolphins defense. Um, familiar players, but not familiar schemes. And who has the wrinkles uh, to be able to get the in on that. And obviously Lamar has played outstanding football all season long and where he's really shined uh, at times, at least th- this past week, that really shined against San Francisco for me was outside the, some of the outside of structure stuff. You know, they're, they're throwing the ball more and it's, he's winning as a passer outside of structure while also having a more robust uh, passing offense to work with as compared to what they had with Greg Roman. So I think about Miami and their pass rush, they have 52 sacks on the season. Uh, through 15 games. That's a franchise record already, uh, whether it's Bradley Chubb or Andrew Van Ginkle. And you actually kind of got to look into this on Hard Knocks uh, this past week on HBO, where they talked about the rush lanes and Dak Prescott and how he runs to throw at times. And then there's times where he runs to run. And it was really fascinating to hear kind of their conversation in the game planning and building up. And now I apply that and it's like times 10, with Lamar Jackson and what he's obviously capable of 
as an athletic quarterback. So I think that for me is the Dolphins defense in its totality, but really the pass rush and how they try to contain Lamar to the best of their ability is the matchup for me that I'm I'm most fascinated to watch because I don't think this is going to be a ton of fireworks. I would not be surprised if this is a little bit more of a tight or close to the vest game that doesn't get a lot of points unless one of these defenses just feasts and creates five turnovers and sets themselves up on a bunch of short fields to get to 33 points. Yeah, sounds familiar. Might've seen that one right. a couple of days ago, but I think, yeah, just for stats perspective, Baltimore right now, best passing defense in the league in terms of net yards per attempt. Now they are 22nd against the run. That's been somewhat of a weakness for them. But then you look at the other side with the dolphins, they're a top 10 unit, both against the run and against the pass six against the run and seven against the pass. But to me, I think one that I'm looking forward to seeing, and I think one that's really important for the Ravens is Baltimore's pass rush against Miami's offensive line. As you talked about Miami's dealing with, just a litany of injuries across their offensive line. Maybe they'll get some guys back this week. The loss of Connor Williams has loomed large for them over this past couple of weeks, I know. But you talked about Miami sacks. Baltimore has 54 right now. They lead the league in there. It's already the second best mark in franchise history. 60 is the best from that 2006 Ravens defense, which was you know not quite 2000 level, but it, it was up there. Now, they've had a bunch of guys that have come in, they signed Jadavian Clowney two weeks before the season started. Kava Noy was on his couch. I know an old friend over there in Miami. Yeah. They've both balled out for the Ravens. Justin Matabike in a contract year has 12 sacks. He had 11 games straight with at least half a sack. And when the Ravens pass rush wins, and they don't win all the time, but they win really fast and really hard. And I know if you get pressure on Tua, it's any quarterback. It's not just a Tua thing. But you want to speed up the internal clock. Some quarterbacks are better at it than others. You know, it's, it's just what it is. But Tua with Tyreek Hill, it's that safety valve. And Tyreek, we know he can get open on anybody. On anybody, he can get open. He can find soft spots in defense. But if you get to Tua, force him out of the pocket, it's better than him just standing in there, better than any quarterback standing in there with three, four, five, six, seven seconds. And the thing you mentioned about Lamar in the Dolphins' pass rest, Nick Bosa, after the game against San Francisco, Baltimore played it, brought up a really interesting point. And he said that Lamar kind of shifted his mentality, or at least what they had seen from him on tape, where Lamar's been very good this year at kind of floating out of the pocket, trying to find a guy to throw the ball to instead of just, boom, taking off and taking the rushing lane. But the 49ers saw that, and they played their defense that way, and Lamar adjusted. Lamar said, all right, you're going to play me like that. I'm going to take the rushing lanes. And we saw that third and 16 player before the half. He jukes Fred Werner out of his shoes and picks up 31. He's been able to adjust like that. And part of it is the confidence is there. Todd Monken's given him the keys. And – for me, it's just taking advantage. The Ravens took advantage of the 49ers' offensive mistakes because partially of that pass rush and tipping the ball up in the air. So if the 49ers couldn't do it against the Ravens' defense, I'm hoping Miami can't do it either because this defense that the Ravens have has been really good all season. Yeah, and just to kind of expand on your your talking points with the the pass rush for Baltimore, whether it's uh, Kyle Van Noy, Davion Clowney, Justin Matabweek, you know, they, they, they got guys that can go out and hunt the quarterback, right? So um, Tua Tungvaloa, the last couple weeks, has played some pretty stifling defensive lines between the New York Jets. Say what you will about that team as a as a whole, but oh, they they've know how to get after the quarterback, I'll say that. And then also the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, and Odigizu has had a productive season for them. So their answer is that they've kind of changed their heat map with where they attack on the field. Um, they had more opportunities against Dallas to push the ball down the field a little bit more, but still hit with, with quick 
uh, in rhythm passing. Uh, I believe his air yards per attempt against Dallas was the second highest the two has had this season, whereas the Jets was the shortest that he's had this season. But the consistent theme is the ball's out in two and a quarter seconds across all of his attempts. And it's it's like 70 attempts or something like that. Two and a quarter is the average. So there's schemed throws. They get the perimeter screen game going. I think they'll challenge if they're going to be resided to eliminating the defensive line to the best of their ability. Then the pressure becomes uh, you're trying to get perimeter players to tackle in space. And that's the matchup for me, whether it's Tyree Kill or maybe this is a Chase Claypool spot for Miami. It feels like they've kind of been building towards that and it hasn't happened yet. Um, Devon Achan. Uh, with what he's able to do as a receiver out of the backfield for if they want to get him involved with their motions and their their perimeter screen game as well. That, for me, is kind of if Miami's answer is we're not going to let the pass rush beat us because the ball's out, and unless you're getting, like, top 20 fastest sacks of the season consistently, with which I think, two, like, two, two seconds, I think, is maybe the fastest sack of the, the league the last two years. Like, you can do it. But you got to get free runs to do it and hit, and then you got to cap whatever the first progression is. If they're resided to doing that, then I think that shifts the focus for me to what Baltimore's DBs are able to do, which makes Kyle Hamilton and his status such a big part of the storyline of what this game is going to look like. You can argue a lot of players are the most important on the defense, Roquan Smith, Matabike, but I think Kyle Hamilton has shown that with his versatility, he is that. One more quick one from me. I think the Ravens' pass catchers versus the Dolphins' secondary is going to be a big one. Jalen Ramsey's obviously made a huge difference for them since coming back from his injuries. Avian Howard now back in the fold. But I do think you talk about Kyle Hamilton. Well, I think the Dolphins have a member there, a secondary, who is on the fence of playing right now, who also is going to have a huge impact if he's back, and that's Javon Holland. I want to just get your opinion on what Javon Holland brings. And also I want to get your opinion on, on an old friend from Baltimore and Deshaun Elliott. I know a lot of Ravens fans here love him. He, he was great when he was here. How's Deshaun doing in Miami? Deshaun's doing really well. Made one of the plays of the game against Dallas with the tackle on the six inch line uh, against Tony Pollard. You know, Tony Pollard's waist down lands in the end zone, but he somehow the ball stays out and Dallas fumbles on the next play. And Miami gets a turnover. Uh, down in the the low red zone, so he's he's been a important piece, complementary piece of the defense. Uh, but Javon's the guy back there, and they've missed him since the Black Friday game with two sprained MCLs. And um, what he what he offers from a versatility standpoint, this whole Fangio defense is predicated on not giving you information before the snap. We're going to give you a lot of vanilla pre-snap presentation. And we're going to force you to do all of your processing after the snap. And the guys that they have that are not Javon Holland, that are also not Deshaun Elliott, are a little one-dimensional as players. So you kind of get a feel for what they're, the Dolphins are trying to do. Or you got a guy who's maybe not best suited to do something who just because we want to present vanilla and then we're going to actually rotate and play it, you don't have the best guy in a position to do it. Holland is so versatile. He's a big hitter and Brandon Jones who's who stepped into that role is a big tackler as well but he does not have the coverage instincts he does not have the range he does not have the center field ability he does not have the length that Javon Holland does and that's the big x factor for Elliott's a long physical tack good tackling safety himself so you get two of those guys there's much more interchangeability there as compared to what you would have when it's Brandon Jones in there 
Yeah, and we know the NFL, we're moving towards the positionless defenses. We've seen it, guys, creeping up towards the line of scrimmage. Hamilton does it all for the Ravens. Holland does mm-hmm. it all for the Dolphins. Coming up, though, we're going to be talking about what each team needs to do in order to win this game, plus predictions. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a lot to get to on both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Dolphins. First, this episode of Locked on Ravens and Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn. And when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I know LinkedIn has helped so many, including myself. Networking is huge over on LinkedIn. And it's also really important if you're a small business to have quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn Jobs makes it really easy to find them. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Plus, hiring is super easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So push your job for free on LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here with Kyle Krabs. I am Kevin Ostriker, rounding out this crossover episode of Locked on Dolphins and Locked on Ravens. Kyle, this game could come down. You talk about how you're not expecting so, so, so many fireworks, maybe a few small ones here and there. What do, you, what do the Dolphins have to do in order for them to pick up this win in Baltimore in December? I think they, they need to be able to continue building with the diverse portfolio of their run game. I think that's one thing you, you talked about, kind of the rush defense rankings for Baltimore is is – an area where they don't metrically measure quite as, as well as they do against the pass. And the worst thing you can do against this Baltimore defense is become one dimensional where their aggressiveness and their zone defense and getting eyes on the quarterback and reacting to the ball when it's in the air can lead to turnovers the way that it did against San Francisco. So uh, for me, Miami being able to create some vertical push in the run game, whether Rob hunts back or not, the guys that are in there on the interior right now, uh, Lester cotton was not, a starter at the beginning of the year. Liam Eikenberg was not a starter at the beginning of the year. And Rob Jones was not a starter at the beginning of the year, but the consistent theme with those guys is where their best as players is getting vertical movement in the run game. So, you know, Miami, when they started the season, they had all these athletes, Connor Williams, so athletic to get up on the second level and in space. And, and uh, Isaiah Wynn, former tackle was playing left guard for them. And the athleticism really popped. The athleticism doesn't pop anymore, but if they get guys in phone booths and they're working double teams and trying to climb up onto Patrick Queen and to Roquan Smith and challenge those guys to get through double teams and they're able to reset the line of scrimmage, I think that is the thing for me that Miami has to do and do it consistently to make sure that they can finish drives. They didn't finish drives particularly well against Dallas. They still managed to score 22 points, which was enough to win the football game. Uh, I think that might be enough to win the game for either team in this one as well. I, I think this is going to be pretty close to the uh, through and through, but that for me is the part where you can't let Baltimore feast on you and, and react no matter how good of an anticipatory thrower to a tongue is you let these guys hunt defensively Baltimore and it's, it's going to be hard sledding for you. Yeah. And I think for me, Baltimore, them starting fast is a key for me because The stat here is the Ravens have not trailed Kyle for, or at least they haven't trailed by more than seven points all season. Mm -hmm. It's been something where they've been able to establish a lead or 
the defense has just been so good where it's able to make up for some of the offensive shortcomings where the defense has been consistently great all season. The offense has had some struggles sometimes, either starting fast and then disappearing for the rest of the game, or maybe they start slow and then they pick it up. It's been a little difficult. They've had a couple of wire-to-wire performances. I think Detroit, Seattle, and San Francisco would probably classify as those. But I know a storyline is Miami at home is great, right? They're 7-1, and one, but they're 4-3 and three away. Well, the Ravens are seven and one away from home and five and not that they're bad at home. They're five and two. But I think that if look, if this team is going to be the one seed, they're going to need some home cooking here. I think that hopefully we're not going to see Lamar Jackson tripped in the end zone by a referee this time around. Hopefully, uh, hopefully luck will be on his side that time. But for me, I think, again, if you can get out to a, I don't know, 14 to three, 10 to nothing lead, if you're the Ravens, that's good enough for me because this defense has been playing so well. Now, Tyreek Hill is a different animal. There's no one like him in this league, and he is someone that can beat you. But Miami, their offense, you know, they will beat you deep. Baltimore's defense is predicated on we're going to play some two high guys, and we're not going to let you beat us deep. You can take the short stuff. You can take the intermediate stuff. You can march down the field a little bit. But when you get in the red zone, we're going to we're gonna toughen up, and you're going to get three points or none, as we saw a couple times against the 49ers where Kyle Hamilton comes up huge with an interception. And in terms of that, the red zone defense is key. You cannot let Miami, you talked about how they didn't necessarily finish drives against Dallas. The Ravens cannot let them finish drives here because to me, I think that for Baltimore, if you kind of let that red zone offense in Miami get cooking a little bit and you have to rely, Lamar can do it. Lamar's a magician. Lamar's a great player, but they feel confident enough where if they can hold an opposing offense to three or zero points the entire game, Lamar on that offense can do enough to win it. So for you, Kyle, are you picking the Dolphins? Is this a game where you have them or do you think Baltimore pulls it out and secures the one? I could see, I can see the pathway to Miami winning the game. That said, I think going on the road against Baltimore. If I'm picking with my head and not my heart, I think I am picking Baltimore probably at home by a field goal would be my guess. So uh, whether that's 23, 20, 2017, 26, 23, like somewhere in that ballpark, I do think, you know, that Miami's defense has stiffened themselves respectively. They were horrible at the beginning of the year in red zone defense. And you mentioned Baltimore's red zone defense. This is Baltimore's third ranked red zone defense. And Miami is uh, offensively the third ranked red zone offense. So it, it's, it has regressed a little bit over the course of the past couple of weeks for Miami. So I expect, Field goals, special teams, obviously that leans into Justin Tucker. That's an advantage that, that Baltimore will take versus just about every team in the league. If it's, you know, special teams are going to have an impact, a big impact on the game. Um, uh, but I think this is a field goal game. Uh, I lean into the Baltimore home field advantage begrudgingly, but I do think Miami very easily could win this game if they get those two, three bounces. Yeah, there there are plenty of paths from Miami to win this one. Baltimore just hasn't done anything that can make me pick against them right now. I mean, they're on fire, and you look at how the offense has kind of hit their stride. They've scored 30-plus points, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but they've kind of found that their niche over these past couple of months, the defense has been great all season. So I'll, I'll go four-point game. I'll say maybe 23-19, to 24-20. I do think that – you know, these are two, these offenses have explosive playmakers on them, but these defenses are really good. And I think Miami doesn't get a fair shake because of the horrid start to the year they had, but they have been one of the best defenses in the league over the past two, three ish months. So I'm excited to see both these teams match up together. Kyle, I appreciate your Miami insight. Hopefully, I gave you enough Baltimore insight good. to have this thing going here. Battle for the one seed. The Ravens will get it if they win. The Dolphins, obviously, will be in the driver's seat if they do. 
For Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, I am Kevin Ostreicher of Locked On Ravens. Thanks so much for tuning into this crossover episode today. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be rounding out our respective shows, talking about this Ravens and Dolphins matchup. Stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Dolphins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.